Amen. Good morning. So good to be with you this morning. And if you're visiting with us, we're especially glad to have you with us. We consider it a blessing and an honor for you to be with us this morning. Thank you so much. We invite you back at uh, any opportunity that you have. And uh, just starting in July on, on Wednesdays, we're going to be having our uh, some summer programs every Wednesday, July and August. And so we invite you to come out to those, our summer series for adults and our stories of scripture or SOS that we have for our children, which is like VBS every Wednesday. So we invite you to participate in those activities and bring your friends, be a part of that. This morning we continue our uh, His Word study and series where we're going through the New Testament each Sunday this year. And we're not covering every verse, but uh, we're, every week is a different uh, section of five chapters throughout the New Testament. And uh, typically we land on one particular area within those five chapters. And so this uh, week we're on chapters, Romans chapters 9 through 13. And so you, um, you'll get that in your Wednesday class as we finish up this week in our Wednesday classes. And then to this morning we're going to zero in on Romans chapter 9 verses 30 through 1017. And we're going to see what Paul has to say about the subject of, is zeal enough? Is zeal enough? So let's look at Romans chapter 9 and start in verse number 30 and read through 10.4, okay? We'll read through 10.4. What shall we say then, that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer for God, to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes." All right, so Paul is writing to this church in Rome, the congregation in Rome that's filled with both Jews and Greek Christians, Jewish and Greek Christians, or Gentile Christians. And he's addressing issues that were really a big deal to them during that time because Jewish people were converting out of Judaism into Christianity, and that was a big change for them. And then there was a lot of Jewish people who... Uh, we're not believing in Jesus as the Messiah. And so that was a big thing. And then the Gentile people didn't come from that background at all. And Paul is saying that the Gentiles were coming to Christ by faith, and yet the Jews were trying to earn it by following the law. So notice what he says here about faith, what Paul says. The Gentiles attained righteousness. Now what is that? That means uh, salvation and a right standing before God. 
but they had not been pursuing Jesus before they heard of him. And so it's not like they were trying to uh, have a relationship with God, follow God, come to Christ. It was not until they heard of Christ did they come to him, but they did it by faith. And then Paul says that Israel, or the Jews, who were God's chosen people in the Old Testament days, uh, they did not attain the righteousness of God. And, and, and it would seem like they naturally would. And Paul, Paul tells us why. It's because they tried to gain righteousness based on their effort of following the law that, they found, that we would have in our, what we call our Old Testament today. And Paul says that they missed it. They totally missed it. And so the Jews pursued the law and Gentiles pursued faith. Do you see that? Now, the Gentiles gained righteousness, or remember, salvation or right standing before God, because they believed the gospel by faith. But Jews didn't because they believed they could achieve righteousness on their own efforts by following the law. And, and in fact, they believed if you just followed all the laws, then that would make you righteous. So what happened? Well, Paul tells us there in that text, doesn't he? They stumbled over Jesus. That, that Jesus is that stumbling stone, that stone of stumbling that uh, Paul mentions there and quotes from back in the Old Testament. Uh, they, they had trouble with believing that Jesus himself was this promised and prophesied Messiah and king and ruler because they wanted him to come with power and overthrow in a, in a military and governmental way. And that's not the way Jesus came. And, and they had trouble with that and not everyone believed. And then look at what Paul says in verse number two. But remember, he says he still hoped he still had hope that the Jewish people, his own people, he was a Jew. And his, he still had hope that his own people would come to Christ. He never gave up hope. Look at what he said in verse number 2 of uh, Romans chapter 10. For I bear them witness that they have a what? A zeal for God. Well, now hold on, Paul. Isn't zeal enough? Isn't enthusiasm for God, it, it fervor in your faith, and religious excitement, isn't that enough? I mean, when we see someone excited in their faith, and they're, they're active, and they're enthusiastic, and they're on fire, and don't we just assume, man, they've got a strong faith. They're right with God. And Paul's saying that zeal isn't enough. But, but Paul, we, that's what we want in people. We want people to be more zealous in their faith. We want people to, to be more excited and enthusiastic. And Paul says, no, they, were, they had all the zeal you could hope for, but they fell short. Now, now why then did they fall short? He, he tells us next. But first of all, he tells us, I can testify to their zeal. In other words, I, in some translations say, I bear witness or I bear them record, I think the old King James says, because he understood where they were coming from. Well, it he talks about this. It's talked about at least three times in the New Testament. But look at Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Paul understood their zeal because he had been there himself. And he says in Galatians 1, 13 and 14, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism. That's exactly where these folks are that he's writing to in the letter to the Romans. 
how I persecuted the church of God violently and, treat, and tried to destroy it. Verse 14. And I was advancing in Judaism, not Christianity, Judaism, beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. Do you see that? Paul had zeal like you wouldn't believe it. In fact, in Philippians 3, 6, he said, to zeal as to zeal, you want to know how much zeal I had? I was a persecutor of the church. Not all of them did that, but he did. He would drag you to jail if you were a Christian. But Paul wasn't finished with his statement talking about zeal. He went on to say that their zeal wasn't according to knowledge. So, notice this. He did not say that zeal was wrong. He didn't condemn them for, for, for their zeal. He didn't condemn them for their religious enthusiasm, for their fervent faith. He didn't condemn them for that. He, he said, but you're wrong in your knowledge. You don't have right knowledge. Your zeal is not according to knowledge. They were ignorant, he says, of the righteousness of God. Do you see that? Now see, remember, they thought they were uh, uh, chasing after and attaining righteousness. And Paul said, you're ignorant of the righteousness of God. Your zeal is not according to knowledge. Look at verse number 3. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not, what? Submit to God's righteousness. So Paul's saying there's two different things here. You're chasing after your own righteousness which is based on the Jewish faith, but you're not chasing after God's righteousness. Now, what changed in that time? Well, Christ came. The Messiah, the Savior, was here, and they were choosing not to follow him. So they were ignorant by choice, weren't they? No one was forcing them or preventing them from learning about Jesus. They chose not to believe in Jesus. They were choosing not to follow him. And because they rejected Jesus, they could not understand the righteousness of God. Now, and instead of believing in Jesus' way, they made their own way and tried to gain righteousness by following their own laws. And in fact, it wasn't just the Old Testament law of God. They even went beyond that and established many, many more laws and traditions and customs that they had to follow because the more the better in terms of doing all these little things to earn uh, and gain righteousness. And so it wasn't even these core things that were in the Old Covenant. It was all of these other things that they really enjoyed and liked and treasured that they had to follow and tried to follow and, 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 and put on other, bind on other people. And in fact, those were the ones they ended up loving the most. And, and Paul's saying, you got it all wrong. It's not based on knowledge. It's not based on your effort and your, your comprehension. It's you've got to follow after God's righteousness. So Paul says it didn't work. That's not the way you follow God. Now look at verse number four. He tells them the only way to gain righteousness is to gain, to gain right standing with God. To gain salvation is through Christ. That's what he's telling him. Christ is the end of the law. And he came to fulfill this. It's the end of that time, that period. And, and he's, uh, he's the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. 
So the, it was all about to bring you to Christ, is what Paul's trying to tell them. So zeal alone is not enough. Right knowledge and obedience to the gospel is required. And that's important for us to know. Just religious zeal, just enthusiasm, just being busy in the church isn't alone enough. And it's not about trying to earn your way or be good enough or do enough or have enough things going on, enough uh, ministry plates spinning. That's not what makes you righteous with God. Paul's saying it's only through faith in Christ. So someone who is enthusiastic about Jesus and doing good works, as we said, looks like they're faithful, looks like they, they're solid in their relationship with God, but that's not necessarily so. Now, like Paul said, I, I, uh, great zeal. But remember remember in, in, the, in the book of Acts, they taught Apollos more accurately the way. You remember that? All right, so a right understanding of God and his word and his will for us is only found in Scripture. And so when we don't know what to do, when we don't uh, understand a thing, when we're not sure of a thing, when we've heard something different in college and, and, and it, or from a friend or a family member and it sounds convincing but we're not sure and, and they sound like they really know and they seem really uh, smart or religious, what do we do? How do we sort that out? How do we discern truth from error? We go to the Word of God and find out what does God have to say about that particularly in the New Testament, because that's the, what we have for us living today, not dismissing the Old Testament, of course. And also, you go to the Word of God. Jesus said, if you love me, said this to his disciples, you'll keep my commandments, John 14. And then in the next chapter, John 15, 10, he said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So if Jesus had to be obedient to his Father's will, what does that mean for us? We don't get to come along and just make it up on our, on our own and what we want and the way we want it to be, the way we feel and think is better. Where do we have that authorization to do that? But if you love Christ, if you follow him, you say, whatever you say, that, that's what I want to do. Why? Because I love you. You're my, my Savior, the Messiah. It's through you that I have salvation and eternal life. And if we don't go to God's word to, to stay rooted and grounded and solid and sound, then we're going to be like Paul wrote about in Ephesians 4.14, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried around uh, by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. So let's look at our next question. What is righteousness based on faith? That's Romans 10, 5 through 13. So this striving for and hunger for right knowledge should be driven by and motivated by faith in the one who can save us. So it's a faith that seeks understanding, that seeks knowledge of the one who came to die for our sins. Now look at Romans 10, 5 through 13. For Moses writes about, th th this, this first part's a little hard, just, just kind of go with us, it's a little hard to understand, and we'll comment about it. Uh, verses 5 through 13, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. 
But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say to you in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? Verse 8, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For the, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I know 5 through 7 sound a little bit confusing. Paul's quoting from Deuteronomy 30, when he's telling the Jewish people there the same thing Moses told the Israelites way back then. And here's what he's saying. You don't have to do the impossible to, to go up and go up to heaven and persuade the Messiah to come down and save you uh, and die for you. That's already been done. You don't have to go down and raise him from the dead. That's already be, been done. All that's required of you is to accept him as the Savior and believe in him. That's what Paul's trying to say. That's what that means there. So look at verses 8 through 13. This shows us exactly what Paul's saying. Now, understanding... First of all, when we read those verses, some, we, you know, we start to get nervous. Well, he, he didn't talk about baptism. Does that mean baptism isn't essential? Oh, you got to make sure you say it. We get nervous when we hear that. But understand the context that Paul is, is in when he writes this and the larger context of the letter. Paul wasn't addressing various groups of Christianity. He wasn't talking about denominationalism in, at, at this moment. Okay, Why? That didn't exist. That wasn't an issue for him. He was addressing people following Christ versus staying in Judaism, okay? Coming out of Judaism and following Christ. So that wasn't an issue for them. Uh, they didn't, uh, these were people who didn't yet believe in the gospel. So Paul's speaking to the issue of continuing to follow the old covenant versus turning to follow Christ. Now, today, yeah, we need to, we need to be mindful of that. When, when we're talking, right? We need to be uh, clarify those things. We need to be mindful of addressing the subject of baptism. But don't worry, Paul already covered that, didn't he, in Romans chapter 6? So someone who says, oh, see, yeah, right there, it doesn't talk about baptism. Oh, well, Paul just talked about that in Romans chapter 6. Some of the greatest verses about baptism you can read in, in verses 1 through 14, uh, being essential for salvation, all that. So, so that's there in the letter. He's already talked to them about that, but over here he's talking about something a little bit different. So, um, and in verse, now look at verses number 12 through 13 of Romans chapter 10. Paul here is saying that the gospel is for all people. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter uh, how much money you have. It doesn't matter about your education, what you've done, where you come from. It doesn't matter. The gospel is for all people. And we've got to act like that, don't we, as the church? We've got to treat others and see others in the same way Paul's trying to tell them that the God, now, why would he say that to the Jews? Because they were used to being God's people. We're God's chosen people. 
And they had a hard time sometimes accepting the Gentiles as, as, with equal standing in the, in the church, in the gospel, through faith in Christ. And Paul's telling them, look, when you become a Christian in the church, in the gospel, you're all the same. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, anyone can come to, to Christ. The gospel is free and open to everyone. Salvation is free and God welcomes all people. Now, now that ought to that ought to tell us something about zeal in our faith. We, we, ought, we ought to have zeal in our faith knowing that the gospel's for all people and knowing that anybody can... See, see the, he, Paul wanted the Jews to have zeal for their, their, their own people as well as others and the Gentiles to have zeal for other people who had never heard of Christ, never knew about God, to come to faith. And so that ought to tell us something about our zeal. Uh, zeal in your faith will move you to reach all the people that the gospel is for. So let's look at our last question. Does your faith have zeal? Now, we, we saw that zeal alone isn't enough, that you have to have right knowledge of God and his will. And then we see that your knowledge is built on the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. But now we look back to that word zeal. Remember we said there's nothing wrong with having the zeal that we have. In fact, one of the things we love about Paul is his, his zeal, isn't it? I mean, man, he was a fireball. He, he was a pit bull when it came to things. And he was, he was on fire for God. He was beaten in stone. He talks about all the, all the things that he went through and nobody could stop him. If anyone had zeal, it was Paul. And we like that about him. That's encouraging and motivating to us. So there's nothing wrong with the zeal. It has to be based on knowledge driven by our faith. So we have to ask ourselves, does your faith have zeal? Where is the zeal for God in your faith? Is, is, it, like, is it like a carbonated drink and, and it's all fuzzy and powerful if you shake it up and take that top off it's gonna it's gonna explode because there's a lot of zeal and power like carbonation and then after a while it starts going flat not much there anymore and then you go to taste it you know paul uh, uh, jesus talked about that with salt salt of the earth if it loses its saltiness what is it good for so where is the zeal in your faith do you still have it do you still have that fervor that enthusiasm that excitement in your in your faith and and to live for god and serve him and tell others about him zeal comes from your faith which grows in in right knowledge of the lord and that's what drives you to put your faith in action so look at our last few verses 14 through 17. Paul writes, How then will they call on him whom they have not whom whom have whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of Christ. So what does that tell us about our zeal as Christians, individually and as a church? 
We've got to have zeal in our faith to tell others about our faith. See, that's what our zeal drives us to do. We are about making and growing disciples. That's, that's who the Church of Christ is. That's who Oldham Lane is. That's who we are and what we do. We've got to have zeal in our faith to share our in zeal in our faith to share our faith. If there's no zeal in your faith, you're not sharing anything. And if you tried, why would somebody listen? So if 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 you're not as effective as you want to be in your faith, one of the things you got to think about and ask yourself is, where's my fervor that I once had when I became a Christian? When I came out of the water and, and maybe I was in the youth group or maybe I was an adult, maybe I was an older adult or maybe it was renewed when your child or your spouse or your friend became a Christian. And where is that now? Maybe you need to pick it back up. Maybe you need to get with God and, 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 tell, and, and beg him, bring back my zeal, renew my faith. I want to be that again. We want you to know that that's who we're striving to be. That's who we're striving to help you be. And we're striving to be that in our community and around the world. And we want you to know if, if that's something you need this morning, we're here for you. If you feel depleted and, and all your carbonation is gone, all the fizz and the sizzle is gone, we want you to know that, 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 that everybody else has been there probably too. You're not the only one. And you can get that back. And you need to get that back. And do something about that this morning. We want you to know we're here for you. If you're ready to study the Word of God and you want to talk about being a Christian, what does it mean to be baptized? What is Paul talking about there in Romans chapter 6? If you're ready to talk about that or if you need prayers in any way in the church, you can come forward now as we together stand and sing.